Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, aka Escaping the Matrix. In this episode, I welcome on Andy Martinez with Flat Tire Andy Podcast on the show to talk about some inspirational stuff of things that he's encountered in his life and give you all my audience a, a chance to motivate them to know that, you know, they have a self-worth in themselves is here. Welcome on to the show, Andy. Thank you for the invite, man. No problem. So how are things going with you today? Uh, good. I mean, I'm in, uh, I, I, I'm in sales. I've been doing it for almost 10 years. So today was a little bit of a, a little bit longer of a day than normal. Um, uh -huh. You know, it's just short. It's the uh, slow season. So we, we, on slow seasons, we, we move beer around so it doesn't go, ex you know, so it doesn't expire. So, so today. Yeah, I was I was like, what are you selling? Long. What happened? No, I was going to say, what kind, what do you sell? Like, what are you in sales for? Uh, the main is well, beer. Uh, okay. The main, the hot, the hot commodity right now is Modelo. So Modelo's on fire out here in California. So it's on fire everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's mainly what I sell. And then we have like course light and, you know, um, there's some craft beers too, you know, Lagunitas, Ballast Point, New Belgium. I mean, who drinks course? I, I, you know, I, I, my sister-in-law is a big beer drinker and I'm just like, who drinks course light and bud? Like if I don't, to me, that's it, like the it, old. What's the cleanest way of saying it? What I can. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it, it's it's the people before millennials were around, were born. Uh, I that's what I see when it comes to Coors Light, Coors Original, Miller Light. It's pretty much your OG drinkers. Uh, you got your your newer generations. They they drink you know healthier stuff, White Claw seltzers, and you know anything with kombucha in it. But when when you see somebody grabbing a Coors Light, a Miller Light, a Budweiser, but light uh -huh. is mainly your old school, your OG, um, your old, your, you know, someone that could be your mom and dad or my mom and dad, and you know, they're the ones that drink it. Yeah, and I was a beer drinker. I used to like the um, I like dark beer, like I like the Guinnesses and um stuff like that. Guinness, we we uh we saw Guinness as well, and right now Guinness is on fire because St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. Yep. Or today, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> is it today? Well, you post your episodes on Fridays, right? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So yes, it is. I forgot about that. I forgot about Saint. I don't. I don't even typically celebrate Saint Patrick's Day. Everyone goes Irish on Saint Patrick's Day. Everybody goes Mexican on Cinco de Mayo. Right, and it's all just so, to get drunk. But I'm like, I can get drunk any other time of the year. I don't. I don't need to wait until a holiday <laughs> to get right. wasted. And you know what's funny is that the, everybody criticizes me. My wife makes fun of me all the time. She's like, I have a beer salesman. Who doesn't drink beer? Oh, you've never drank beer before? I know. Not that I never drink beer. It's just it's not my cup of tea. I mean, there's a refrigerator here in my garage. There's some beers in it, but that's only for my guests. Like if I have a stressful day, I'd rather go on Fortnite and you know play with my kid and hear yeah. a little Yeah, or or play Call of Duty and hear some like once I hear that random little 10-year-old in the background cursing me out because I, I beat him. It's made my day. I'm good to go. <laughs> also, you're that good. I'm not that good. I don't like doing one v ones. They they tell me tear me up. I can't. I can't do it. No, my son, my son and I, uh, we'll play Fortnite. We'll we're duels or we'll get squads. My brothers will get online and uh, and we'll play for a little bit. And like I said, once you get once you hear that the joy, once you hear the other opponent, the opponent curse you out because you beat them, it, it made my day. And that's more. That's better for me than drinking a beer you know like i really have to have 
a really jacked up day to to touch a beer. You know what I mean? I believe the last time I had a beer was my last my my last birthday. Mm-hmm. That was back in May. That was back in May. That was almost a year ago. And uh, I came home so stressed out from work, man. It was just it was it was one of those days where you got a call after a call after this happened, that happened, nonstop headaches, right? Yeah. Nonstop fires that that one has to put out, you know. Yeah. And you know, like I said, it was my birthday, and I didn't want anybody here. And my brother-in-law took no for an answer, man. No matter what excuse I gave him, he went out of his way to make sure that excuse was no more. Hey, man, I got to pick up my kids from school. By the time I get home, bro, it's not. It's like five o'clock. Then I get home, I got to start making dinner. Well, what did he do? He went to pick up my kids from school uh-huh. and came to my house and had the grill going by the time I got home. Oh, that's what's up, man. That's, that's so nice. I, so I get home and I open, I get out of my car and it was just one of those days, man, that I just kind of start kind of like almost crying in front of a man. So what they, we had a beer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we had so you beer. don't drink anything else? Like, you don't? Nah, man. I, I think, uh, like I said, uh, there was a time where my, my father-in-law would, hey, have a, have a beer. And when he wasn't looking, I would dump it in the, in the, in the, tr- in the plants, you know? And uh, that was big... <laughs> we have a, we have a policy in that house. We don't waste alcohol now. <laughs> you, don't, you don't do that. So he, he, he would see my empty bottle and it's like, well, here you go. Here's another one. So, right. um, I think, I believe we, we played a beer pong at one of my brother, another brother-in-law's house. And when they weren't looking, we switched out the beer with water because it was a dark bottle. Uh-huh. Then and he caught on that we weren't getting buzzed. So he's like, "You guys are cheating, man." <laughs> um, I just don't like the taste of beer, man. It's funny because my boss, um, my boss a long time ago asked me, "Hey, man, if you don't sell beer, how how are you really good at getting distribution?" And I tell, and I, you know, they give us the tools that we need. Mainly, it's yeah. all based on facts, you know. And I say, "Hey, well, you know, to me, it tastes like." who you know but it does i got i I got multiple stores that are doing great with it and they'll take it you know it's like they give us the tools that we nowadays it's not the knowledge it's pretty much facts you know hey man check this out this new drink came out and i haven't pitched it to you yet because i don't know how it was going to do and you you know you're more of a mom and pops kind of store but dude the, the guys down the street is doing so well with them. Look, man, he sold this many cases already. He's like, go ahead, send them, send them. So I, I try to, I try to, like I said, even though I don't drink, man, I, I'm really good at what I do, I guess. I, I mean, uh-huh. I, I won, I won employee of the year at one point, salesman of the year. And uh, it's just based on facts, man. I don't, I don't, I don't need to know what it tastes like to be able to sell it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, it's um. I mean, I understand. I don't look well. I like the taste of certain. I can't drink it now because because I've I've gotten old and it kind of makes me swell up. But I do have my times where I do like have a craving for, it, but I won't do it because I know the after effects of it. Right. No. I I just I I, I don't know, man. Like, like we're obviously gonna get into it, but yeah. I, no matter. It's funny because the, I've been through through hell and back in a way. Yeah, and and it's funny. I just said that to a friend of mine. Um, I think I, I think I mentioned it to you on yes on, on Wednesday when we spoke. I, I think I said it, man. I went through hell and back, but drugs or alcohol were never something to go to. I, I when I was fourteen years old, I heard that smoking a cigarette releases stress, and 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 back then at fourteen years old, yeah, I was stressed the hell out, uh-huh. and I had a cigarette, man. It was the most disgusting thing ever that 
you know, um, back when I was in college, I had a friend of mine that, uh, you know, one day where she, she's a me, she's under Andy, I'll drive you to, I'll drive you to school. Don't even trip. I'll swing by and pick you up. No, no problem. Thank you, Liz. And on the way there, man, her and her friends were getting higher than a kite, man. And so I get to my class pretty much secondhand smoking. Uh-huh. The, the stuff is all over me. And it's like, it was in, I, I felt embarrassed walking into class. I'm like, dude, this guy just got stoned out of his mind, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that afternoon when class was over, I started walking home. And she, you know, I didn't have a cell phone back then. This is, this is back in 2000, 2001. And uh, she, she can't get a hold of me. She can't find me. She's going to give me a ride home, you know? Yeah. And so she kind of knows the pathway that I would probably take on my way home. So uh, she, she caught up to me. She found me. She caught up to me. And I said, Liz, I love you, man. You're a good friend of mine, but I, I can't take rides with you when you guys are going to be getting high. And, and then I show up to class smelling like it. I, I, I sorry, that's, that's not my cup of tea. And uh, she respected me that much of a, as a friend that she never smoked weed as, if I was present at her house, at my house, in her car. As long as Andy was around, she wouldn't touch him, man. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, she respected that. And like I said, hey, I, I I can't show up to class smelling like weed. I'm sorry. And this is back in, you know, 2000, 2001, where it's still kind of like, uh, you shouldn't be doing that, mister. Right. And you were something using high school too? No, this was in this was back in college, man. Oh, okay, because I was like, I thought we were the same age. No, 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 this is back. Well, I'm, I'm I just turned, I'm gonna be 41 this year. I believe you say we're about the same age. Yeah, yeah we're in the same age bracket. Yeah, I'm 44. Yeah. Yeah, so no, this was back in college, back in my college days. Um, but yeah, no, man, I, I, it, it's never caught my attention, man. The beer, uh, smoking, cigarettes, nothing, man. So it's funny because I, I told my wife the other day, I'm like, hey, because I have a couple of little illnesses here and there, and the doctors are like, hey, well, we got, we, you got to stop eating meat, you got to stop doing this. And like I told my wife and my babe, at least that's all we have to worry about. At least my doctor's not telling me, hey, your kidney's failing because you're smoking or drinking too much hey you know this is going on in your body because you're smoking and drinking too much you got to cut back on this right. all he's at, all he's asking me is to cut back on meat yeah. not my drinking not my smoking you know what i mean so i told my wife babe it's okay i have a fighting chance you know <laughs> <laughs> and it's nothing crazy it's just, it's just i have high, high high levels of uric acid which gives me gout and uh and i just recently learned that i had diverticulitis so diverticulitis is little pockets in my intestines that if they get infected, you know, I'm going to end up with a pocket sticking out of my stomach and it's not going to look or smell very well. No, you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. I had something close to that when I had, I had Crohn's back when I was in um, high school and it was trying to prevent that from, um, from happening. Cause I had the ulcers and it was before it got, cause I had the smaller pockets. Right. And it was, uh, and it had led to like ulcers in my, I had like 11 ulcers in my colon. So okay. yeah, I got over that. That's gone. Oh, I don't I, wish I, disease or irritable disease or any of those things on, on, on anybody. I don't wish those on anybody. Uh, dude, I, I, because of diverticulitis, I ended up getting a, a colonoscopy. Uh -huh. And even my doctor's like, dude, you're too young to uh, have these diseases right now, buddy. And uh, so I had to get a colonoscopy and, and the hospital's on the edge of the freeway that I went to. And my kid's like, dad, dad, look, look, that's where you lost your... <laughs> 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 yeah I, yeah 
I told mine all the time. I was like, I got violated many a times. Yeah, because with Crohn's, yeah, you know, I, I lost my virginity a long time ago. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, so they told me, they told me like two weeks ago, there's a possibility I have a kidney stone as well. You know, that's what's causing a little pinch right here on the side. And so uh -huh. I go see my, I go see my doc, the specialist for the, the kidney stone. And I was like, so what's up, doc? He's like, I mean, you don't have a kidney stone. And it was like, oh, thank goodness, man. He goes, why? You want to pass the baby? I'm like, I didn't want one, I didn't want to pass it. And two, option number two was they would have to go through the front now. And I was like, well, I was, a, they already went through the back door. I mean, <laughs> one no, more you don't. Door. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, that's, I've experienced that too. You don't want that at all. <laughs> no. So luckily it wasn't a kidney stone. So they're trying to figure out what's, what's causing it. And it's not even, it's not even painful, man. It's like a little, like you get your finger and touch a rib and just hold your finger there for a few minutes. That feeling is what I have right now. And and the doctors are like, well, we don't know what's wrong, man. So, but the main, the main source is like, is he's cutting me. Is that like my, my boss one day told me, Hey dude, when I found out I had diverticulitis, my boss like, dude, you ride your bike a lot. It's like, how am I, because I neglected my body, my, my first 37 years of life, you know? Yeah. So uh, word of advice, guys, get your uric acid levels checked. And uh, what you think is actually healthy is not. Uh, I just learned that spinach was giving me high levels of uric acid. Yeah. Because I had I had spinach with my with my with my smoothie every day for the past four, five, six months. And, and now is that a so, genetic disorder? I because it's like because sure. my uncle has something similar to that because he can't take in like he can't take in anything green now at his older age like anything. I don't care if it's a cucumber. I don't care if it's spinach, collards, whatever. He can't take in anything green. Well, that's what I was told uh, the, that pretty much I have to eliminate a lot of greens. I'm like, but what I'm using to help me lose weight is what you're telling me I can't eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, right now for dinner, I had a protein bar. So, you that's know, it? My, my boys are having, they're making, they're ma my boys are making their own pizza right now. Oh, and, that, that sucks. You know, Did it rub it in your face? That's why when you hit me up saying I'm ready, okay, I'm out. Because <laughs> it, <smells, laughs> it smells so good, bro. Yeah, mine, um, yeah, I went vegetarian for a long time. And my boys were rubbing in my face. Like, we would go to, like, all these restaurants. And they were eating all these burgers and stuff in my face. I'm like, oh, it tastes so good. I was like, you know, you know, you could not have that tomorrow. Or you could not just be living tomorrow. <laughs> you keep messing with me. There was a, you know, it's funny. I told my wife today, it's just today that uh, there's this, I have one of my accounts that they have a taco truck outside. That taco truck has the greatest birria tacos and quesadillas and tortas. And well, you said California. When I was in California, y'all yeah. have the best. The <laughs> best. Oh, Mexican Dude, food. the moment they told me that I can have a heart attack, bro, the first time I went to this place and I smelled their food, water, bro. <laughs> water, bro. Is the drip? Whoop. I went there and now knowing what I know, face me, hey man, can you can you give me a quesadilla, bro? But don't add meat. Don't add meat. That's how we sell them with meat, with birria. I'm like, no, 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 just the cheese, bro. Just the cheese. You want to add some of your sauce? The best quesadilla I've had, bro. And 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 the meat, the smell of the birria, bro, didn't phase me, bro, because I I know. 
what it can do to it, what it's doing to me if I continue to eat meat, you know? And uh, I told my wife just today, man, it doesn't phase me. It doesn't, like, I used to drive by McDonald's and man, a McDouble's not going to hurt me, right? I don't even look. I love McDonald's, man, but I don't even. Really? Yeah, I would I, think with so much, because y'all have a lot of like um, food trucks and stuff out there. Like we have them. Um, no, nah, we, we don't. We have some here in the city, but once you get outside the outskirts of the city, you don't have a whole lot of food trucks out well, there. I guess I guess depending on certain, I'm, I'm being stupid because California is a very big state. But I mean, out there, the places I went to, like we went to Manhattan Beach. There's a ton of restaurants up and down Manhattan Beach. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I mean, because to me, I mean, you could have, it's a lot of, you have a lot of options. Well, the reason why, I mean, you know, Mexican food is the best, dude. That, that to me, even though I'm Mexican and I'm married into a Mexican family, my wife's Mexican, we eat Mexican food all the time. So, but dude, there's certain taco trucks that Mexican food is even better. Dude, my wife will see TikTok videos or she'll see uh, Instagram posts and she's like, look, babe, this place is only down the street. We, we should go. Or this place is only like, you know, 20 minutes away or 30 minutes away. We yeah. should go. And it's like, um, it does look pretty bomb, man. Uh, but no, but the reason why I I still enjoy McDonald's is because sadly I grew up on that. You know, my my mother um, wasn't uh, I want to say very responsible, uh -huh. you know, and uh, her idea of dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, breakfast, lunch, and dinner was well, what fast food place are we going to go to today? You know, I've eaten, you know packets of boxes of oreos for dinner with the you know with a gallon of milk um that was our dinners bro those those were our dinners you know cookies and milk um you know fast food and it's like and and, and it wasn't until you grow up and realize that hey man one one mcdonald's meal could feed the family for like 10 days you know and uh so a lot of my upbringing is is pretty much why i am the way i am today and pretty much my upbringing my childhood is the reason why i started my podcast and uh but so but mcdonald's is still and it's not even the whoppers bro it's not even i mean sorry the whoppers the the big macs or the quarter pounders bro it's just a mcdouble it's just a mcdouble you know but um yeah i know well, we, we grew well, up i mean let's touch on that then because let's talk about like why you got your podcast started so i started um i started my podcast because I was I was motivated to do it. Um, I have an uncle of mine that that every time we got together, you know, an uncle that in the family now my I married my when I married my wife, I now have this group of individuals that are now family, right? Now uh -huh. you have new uncles, new aunts, new brothers, new sisters, you know, and all these new cousins. And the thing about my wife's family is that they're very they're very motivating. They 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 my sister in law told my wife one day, Andy's really good at technology. Maybe he should stop what he's doing and get into computers and and because he because i'm the it of the family i'll get calls from uncles down the street or my mother-in-law my sisters-in-laws and you know hey uh i'm having an issue with this can you can we can we figure it out example i've never used zoom uh -huh. but i figured out how to have uh my little backdrop, hey, your backdrop. and so six years of him hearing my stories you know one christmas christmas of 2019 he's like hey man you have a lot of stories, man. Uh, you have a, you, you had a really, a really bad upbringing and, and you beat the odds. You, you one out of, you know, nine out of 10 would have done what you wanted to do to yourself. 
and you didn't. So you you know you should start a podcast. So now touch on it a little bit. Well, like, what did you want to do to yourself? So, you know, my life what you know my upbringing wasn't sunshines and rainbows. You know, we didn't believe in unicorns. We believed in the worst of the worst. You know, I grew up to I, I was born to a, to an individual that that was a child herself. You know, mm-hmm. she had me. She had me at 16 years old, and uh, and pretty much I, I, I try to watch how I say sometimes, but pretty much she wasn't ready to be a mom, mm-hmm. and and she and she was blessed with 12 of us, and and Did sadly 12? I was wow, and sadly I was kind of the oldest, and um, you know she wasn't responsible. Pretty much, she 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 would never hold a job. She would never, you know, she always had us, she wouldn't pay her bills or her rent. We, I mean, I think from the moment I was one till I was, you know, 19, we moved like 50 times, man. I went to every single school there was in Oxnard, you know, and I'm from Oxnard. So I went to every single school there in that town and I moved, we moved around a lot. And, you know, there was times where she would put a man over her kids first you know one time we i get home and damn smells bomb what, what are we eating uh-huh. and she points to the she points to the table where my dinner is waiting for me a bag of oreos you know and uh, so like i said she wasn't really responsible and and she wouldn't put her kids first and you know i was pretty much the dad the brother the mom you know I still hear stories to this day from from friends of the family that like, Mijo, you used to do everything. You used to cook for those kids. You used to do this. So there was times there was times that she would just disappear, and and I'm stuck at home. I'm a kid myself. We're home alone. Yeah. And it's like, uh, 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 my my siblings are hungry. What do I do? You know. And um, I learned how to make pancakes. I've been cooking pancakes since I was like eight or nine years old um I, i've changed diapers since i was five years old um i you know i pretty much helped raise half of my siblings and um but for being the the the, the oldest um responsible one the 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 helping the, the one that helped the, the his mom the most is the one that got the shitty the shitty end of the stick the one that got beat, the one that got a blame for everything, the one that if something wasn't done at that very moment, it was, you know, it was my fault. If if I washed the dishes and and then my sibling used to play and it was in the sink, that was my fault and I got I got whooped for it, you know. And uh for a long time I I felt like, you know, she didn't love me, you know, it's like I mean, yeah, I'm doing everything I can and and I don't get I don't get the support or the love from my mom, you know. You know, so it, it was just like I said, it was just moving around and in school, you know, at school when it came to school at a certain age, she figured I'm not gonna send her to school, you know. I remember being in I remember being in in junior high and I wanted to go to school. And well, I missed so much school in the sixth grade, you know, fifth, sixth and seventh grade that come eighth grade. I'm like, well, I don't even want to go to school. You know, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't feel comfortable anymore now. 
And, but, you know, she wouldn't send me to school so I can stay home and, 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 and babysit the kids, right? And one day the, um, the district called her to the office and then, hey, we need, to, we need to see you. Come talk to, you know, they take me to the, they take us to the office. And it was, I think I was like 13 years old when I lost all respect for her because um, they asked, they told her, hey, you know, if, if your son's not coming to school, we're going to have to arrest you. You know, there's going to be some consequences and jail is one of them. I said she would come home and she'll see that, you know, the dishes were made or after I just finished washing them and, and, um, you know, a kid would use a dish or whatever back in the sink. I, I get the blame for it. The house can be spotless before she got there. And the moment she got home, it was a little messy and, you know, I got the blame for it. So, you know, that was in, 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 the, in my, you know, when I was a kid. And then, um, you know, like I said, the school thing, if that's what you heard the school part, right? Yeah, and you said the, yeah. the principal was telling her that she's going to end up having a potential yeah. jail if she, but she looked around and you said she, I guess she said she blamed you, but what did, yeah, what did she say? She, um, she pretty much put, put the blame on me for not going, for not, for not wanting to go to school when in reality it's like, that's when I lost all respect for her because I was like, you're the one that wants me to stay home. You know what I mean? Right. All this time, all this time you grow up believing everything your mom does. You believe everything she says, you, you know, you pretty much worship this, this individual. You're supposed to worship this individual. But that day I was like, you know, no, nah. she doesn't send me to school because she wants me to stay home and watch these kids. You know, right. then she tells us that then she tells us for a long time that my grandmother didn't love us. She didn't want anything to do with us, that she moved to Texas so we can live our own lives and to leave her alone. But, you know, eight years later, this lady shows up to the house. And the first thing she says is like, hey, man, I've been looking for you guys for eight years. And not only did she say that she showed up with two of my little brothers that she raised since day one who are now you know taller than me and it's like when she said that then it's like again does like after that bro after that man the b word would not it would not hesitate to come out of my mouth man i no longer had not one slight of respect for her and i was like you know 19 years old i mean you took us from my grandmother for for so many years and stuff like that so it's like wow you know so after that you know things just continue to happen you know like i said more and more events happen occur at the house whatever and like i said i i, I mean it just i i didn't feel love man and uh so in my 20s you know early 20s so i, I it was a very it was a very negative environment you know she would cause problems with the neighbors at one point we told her don't even talk to the neighbors because you talk to the neighbors You'll, you'll create a problem and then all of a sudden you're uncomfortable and you make that as an excuse and we move out you know it's like dude we gotta stop moving stop talking to the neighbors and uh so at one point i take off i'm done i'm in my 20s i i early 20s i think 2004 i i get with the chick and the first pretty much the first chick to look my way bro i'm gone gone i'm gone and um you know within the first nine months this individual cheats on me you know, but she has a child and the child was only four months old when I got with her. So I, you know, I fell in love, you know, I yeah. fell in love with my daughter. And so nine months in and she cheats, I stick around. 11 months later, she does it again. A year later, she does it again. But the thing that, the thing that sucked about that one was that every time she wanted to go and, and do something, uh -huh. she'll find a she'll find a way and you know cause us cause us to fight and 
you know, boy, end up in jail. You know, I ended up in jail the first time. I was only in there for five days. I got slapped in the wrist, and they said, "Hey, man, just don't do that again." Um, and one time, she, you know, again, she cheats on me, and uh, and I get mad because she's about to take off, and I know where she's going. And I told her, "Don't take our daughter, man. Don't, don't. If you're gonna go, do what you're. I believe you're gonna go do. Don't, don't do it with our kid." And you know, she got, she snapped at me. It's like you know, that's my effing child. So I lost my, sh and I, you know, did one of these, uh, clotheslines and I, and I clotheslined her, man. And I ended up going to jail. I did five months in jail and, uh, I came back and I'm, dude, I'm getting letters from her mom. The world telling me, Hey, just stay away from her. Stay away from her. It's not healthy for you. Stay away from her. I get out of jail. Did I listen? No right back to this individual and uh after that i mean again i think a year later goes by well now she can't cheat for nine months because now she's pregnant you know now she we did what we were supposed to do and she got pregnant and uh but pretty much once that child was born didn't hesitate my son was only a few months old when she starts cheating on me again but this one's different this one's the one that put me in, this one's the one that put me in my depression mode with my own brother. Oh, wow. My own brother, bro. And in those, these times, man, I'm walking the streets and, and, and I'm walking the streets and the streets are dark, bro. You know, it's like a dark place. Uh -huh. um, I'm, I'm, I'm standing on my balcony where we're living at at the moment and I'm just staring down at the spikes on the fence downstairs. You know, how do I hit these? How do I, if I jump off this balcony, will those spikes kill me? You know, uh, at this point, because I was already in jail, I'm taking anger management classes and I'm taking, you know, and I'm going to these anger management classes on Saturdays. And, but I'm not thinking straight, bro. And it's funny because one day the counselor decided to put this movie on. It's in Spanish, it's a Spanish movie. Uh -huh. the, movie's called, the movie's called Amores Perros. So pretty much like Amores means love, Perros means dogs. Dude, it was about a guy that was cheating on his, his girl, cheating on his, this girl was cheating on his, on his, on her husband with his brother. It's like, really, bro? Like, this is right. the movie you're going to, this is the movie you're going to put on? So, you know, I, I'm just hitting, like I said, I'm just hitting rock bottom, man. It's like, it's like, I, I can't go to nobody. I, I, when they say when you're depressed, you don't have anybody and you have someone. You have someone, and, and in my case, I didn't even have my own mother, man. I remember one day in tears asking her, I'm crying, bro. I'm in my early 20s, and I'm crying, and I'm asking her, what did I do to you as a child for you to hate me so much? I got no response, you know? So I truly felt, I felt alone, bro. And it's like, you know, one, one day, my biggest mom pulls up. She drops us the kids, and I, and I send my kids upstairs with, with my brothers because my brother, the brother is downstairs and he's just dogging me out. So I wait, my, I wait for my kids to be out of the picture, out of the, you know, the view. And I ask him, what's up, man? You're mad because your girl didn't say hi to you? Because all she did was drop up the kids. Bro, this is when I found out for sure they were. Uh -huh. Because we, dude, we started throwing it down, bro. We started throwing it down. And in the time that we're boxing it out, bro, she pulls up, like she dropped off the kids, took off, made a U-turn around the block, came back and was going to pick him up. 
But what she saw was her baby's dad and, and homeboy throwing blows that she gets in between us. He grabs a pipe and swings it at me, dude. And she blocks me, bro. Like she, but my arm went and, you know, he hit the, he hit my arm and my arm hurt for like three months, bro. But he didn't break anything. But yeah, man, I, I, after that, it was just like, like I said, it just kept on going more and more down that I would walk a lot. And one day I was walking down, down this, this road, Main Street. It's one of the main streets is in Oxnard is, is Rose and Fifth Street. And I was walking, let's say, north on Rose. And there came the train, bro. There came the train. And I start walking towards it, man. I, I, nothing is stopping me. Like I have my ears, on, I have music in my ears. And I'm listening to Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park was a big, big, um, big part of my life. And I and I'm and I'm just walking to this train tracks, man. Just just you know, as I'm a few feet away from the train tracks, bro, something, something tugged me back. And I turned around, there was nothing there. I looked up in the sky and I said, I believe. Okay. I believe. This is back in 2008, man. So, mm -hmm. you know. I'm still kind of like that same day, you know, she tells me that, that she's pregnant. And my first response was like, well, who's the father, you know? And uh, so I could have left there and then, but I chose not to because I wanted to see what's up. So now, you know, we're both playing, you know, daddies here. And, um, you know, once my son is born, bro, spit, Im spit an image of me, man. It's like, it's funny because in Spanish, a lot of people say, meaning that I, I'm the one that had them, you know, I pooped them out. <laughs> you know? uh -huh. Spit an image of me, man. And uh, so, okay, cool. So this is already now 2000, January, February of 2009. Okay, cool. Let's, I'm the dad. I mean, all right, let's give this a shot one more time. She cut my brother off and my, my son was born in February. 10 months later, I'm gone, dude. Um, she was still sneaking around. Um, she ended up getting a tattoo of my brother's name on her chest. And this is after my, this is after our, 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 our this is already 2009 after my son, the second son is born. Like we're, we're supposed to be working this out. We now have three kids together, uh -huh. you know, and she goes and gets her, my brother's name tatted on her chest. I'm like, okay, nah, nah. By then, by when I found that out, we're now sleeping in separate rooms. And um, my life, again, man, just but BS, man. I'm not going anywhere. I can't find a job. I have a felony on my record now. I, I can't do anything. The cops get called because she wants to call the cops. And yeah, I, I, yes, officer, I, I called her the B word. You know, arrest me. I would rather be in jail mm -hmm. than, than, than continue to live with this individual, man. And because uh, my stipulation was I couldn't insult the individual or else I'm going to get arrested. And, um, you know, arrest me, officer. No, 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 no. Okay, cool. That was a law? No, well, it was a part of the, the, part of the stipulation on the, on the court order, pretty much. Um, I'm surprised they even let y'all stay together. California, bro. California, man. Um, so, January 2010, you know, she goes to work and... Uh, and I hit on my boy. I have a friend that we, we all work together. And I'm like, hey, man, curiosity, bro. Is she at work? 
Uh huh. Nah, bro, she's not at work. All right, that's all I need to hear. I start packing my stuff, bro. I start packing my bags. I'm done. I'm I'm done. And uh, she walks in the door, eleven o'clock in the morning, and my duffel bags are ready to go. I haven't left because I have the kids. Uh-huh. I grab. She walked in the door. I grabbed my two bags. I didn't say anything. And the moment I grabbed my bags, we need therapy. We need a therapy. We can work this out. We can work this out. And I said nothing. I already had kissed my kids goodbye. I already had done all that. And I grabbed my two duffel bags and I walked out that door. I walked out that door because that day is the day that I decided to eliminate it, to eliminate all negativity from my life. Baby's mama, family, friends, situations. I'm done. Uh I'm done. I'm done. For the past five years, I've been in and out of jail. For the past five years, I've been cheated on six years. For the past, you know, I, I it's, you know, my whole life, I can't even go to my mother, especially now that I found out, well, I found out that my mother was covering for them. She, she knew, she knew what they were doing, bro. So like I said, I, I felt truly alone. So in 2010, I decided to eliminate all negativity, like I said, and, and, you know, it was a it was a crazy battle with her, with the children and visiting the kids and stuff like that. But I, I, I had to. I had to. I, I can no longer be there for my kids if I'm if I go hurt myself or in jail. Yeah. And uh, so. You know, I start getting visitations with my kids once in a while. We get custody with the kids. I get visitations and stuff like that. And then and this was this one was the eye opener, bro. I take my son, I take my son over to, uh, we go to the store, you know, uh-huh. we go to the store, we go to the store and my son's like three years old. He's, he's 15 now. And he tells me, he tells me, dad, can, can I get a pack of gum? We're at the register, the store. And I said, no, mijo, I can't afford it. Pack of gum 13 years ago was what? 25, 75 cents. Uh-huh. And I, I told my son that I couldn't afford it. That was that was the day that that opened my eyes as an individual. Like I said, I already eliminated negativity. I already eliminated people out of my life. I already, you know, decided to to rather pretty much eliminate eliminate this lifestyle. Karma has already beat me up left and right for the past ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I gotta figure this out because I grew up. In my 20s, I was a shitty individual, man, because that's what I grew up to know. That's what I grew up to being because of how I grew up, right? Uh-huh. In 2010, I was like, no, this, no, this is not, this is not who I have to be. I can't even buy a pack of gum for my son, you know? So I made a promise to myself that that day, I would never say I can't afford it. So I applied for whatever job, man, whatever was willing to give me a job, man, the, 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 I was doing the newspapers, like the uh, everyday newspaper, the newspapers at people's houses. Uh huh. And I got, um, then I got into they call it hawking. So this guy owned a company where he would buy the papers from the the, the Ventura County Star, and you would stand at a corner and you would sell the papers to the cars driving by. You know, kind of like kind of like the guys that sell flowers at the corners. I don't know if they do it out there. They do it out here a lot. Yeah, they do it. Okay, same idea, bro. But the newspaper. I got so good at it that he was like, dude, let's convert all three corners. So I had my brother and a, and a friend of mine take the other two corners and we were just 
hawking the papers, man. And uh, because I was like, I, I'll take whatever I can get, you know. Yeah. Then, um, then when that kind of came to an end, I started working at KFC. I was at KFC for two months, bro, but I wasn't fast enough to to turn the chicken and to cook the chicken. That you know, they put me at a smaller location, and because I said something, they they fired me. They I expressed my opinion, so they fired me. And uh, so that moment, my brother was like, my brother was like, dude, if you're willing to do anything, man, I'm gonna bring you in. And he brought me into to to Walmart. Uh-huh. And and he got me in Walmart, and I was there for about a week. When I was I was there overnight, and I was there for a week, bro. And I was like, Nah, nah, <laughs> I'm getting promoted. I'm getting promoted. Seven months later, I'm promoted. You know, um, seven months later, I get promoted. Then they put me in the department where it's it's high volume, like foods, uh-huh. and that's where I, that's where I learned what vendors were. And I did my job so good at Walmart that the vendors caught on. That's why I sell beer now, you know? And uh, so- How long ago was that? So this was 10, this was 10 years ago. So pretty much I move out and I cut off, I eliminate negativity in 2010. Uh-huh. Two years later, I, I, uh, a year and a half later, I start working at Walmart. That's, that's when I say my life turned around was Walmart, not the newspapers, not KFC was Walmart. That was in 2011. By 2012, I met my wife. By 2014, I have full custody of my kids. So I lost, I had to lose everything to get it back. I lost, I, 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 there was this one time where she said, hey, your kids don't love you. They don't need you. Even though it killed me, bud, even though it killed me, I made her eat her words because I didn't see my kids for two weeks. And one day my phone's blowing up, my phone's blowing up, my phone's blowing up. And I finally answer it. What do you want? And it's my son crying, asking for his dad. Oh, dude, I started crying. I started crying. Oh, I'm coming. And I went to go pick him up. When I picked him up, I told her, don't you ever tell me kids don't love me. So I picked him up on my visit and I had him with me. And this was before, I, like I said, this is before I was working at Walmart. Uh-huh. You know, once, once I was working at Walmart, then my mentality sinked in. Like, I need to do better. I need to get better. That's why I said it. I was there for a week. You know, I'm, I'm going to get promoted. Like I said, in, in 2010, I left. In 2011, I was homeless. 2011, um, you know, January, February 2011, um, a buddy of mine, he put a, he put a table, a bed in his, in his kitchen. Uh-huh. He himself lived in a one, a one bedroom apartment. And he's like, dude, you can't sleep on the streets, man. I, I, I won't allow it, man. He put a bed in his kitchen floor, you know, in his kitchen. And, and I had somewhere to stay. And then, you know, after finally working, then I was able to go and rent my own room. And I started at a room and then, you know, then I, you know, got my own apartment Then I got custody of the kids, got a bigger apartment. So little by little, pretty much after leaving in 2010, little by little, I started gaining everything back, you know, because yeah, it took, like you took said, that step to clean up your life. Dude, I lost, I even lost my license, man. And, uh, so, uh, 20, 2012, I, 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 so 
the, the beautiful thing about my baby's mom was that she opened my eyes, right? Because I was living in a, I was living in a room where I had a roommate, very attractive lady. You know, she was about a year older than me. Uh-huh. And we did everything together, right? And the only thing we never did was, you know, hook up. And, yeah. you know, she, there was multiple times where she slept in my room. She slept on my bed. She slept there next to me. And, you know, she made gestures for me to do what I had to do. And I never did because she was, she was a heavy drinker. And I drank with her a couple of times. And, and, and one day I told her, sorry, girl, I can't, I can't keep up. I can't do this. And so I told myself, I am not going to go where I'm going and support someone else's habits. So pretty much I started catching red light, red flags. You know, my baby's mom taught me to look for these red flags. I hook up, I, I, I found, I start dating this individual and I noticed that, you know, she likes to spend more time with me than her kids, right? That's not okay. That's not okay yeah. in my book. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then her mom asked her one day for the rent money. Sorry, mom, I can't. I don't have it. Curiosity, how much do you owe here, mom, for month monthly rent? And she said, only $200. Irresponsibility, bro. Strike two. Then one day I caught her going through my phone. And I'm like, hey, ¿qué pasa? what's going on? Did you find what you were looking for? Did you find what you were looking for? No, because it wasn't there. Because it doesn't exist, right? Okay. Strike three. What? Strike three. I lived with an individual for six years that put me through hell because she had horrible insecurity issues. I'm not going to that again. So then I meet. It's funny because I meet my wife at Walmart and she freaking hates me, bro. She hates me. I'm just a cocky, arrogant SOB and she can't stand me, man. But then she gets to know me and I get to know her. Uh-huh. And, and one day I, I tell her, hey, I, I, I'm going to take you live by the beach. I'm going to take my kids fishing and uh, I have my kids for the weekend and I'm going to take them fishing if you want to join us. Dude, she said the way I interacted with my kids, she saw a different individual. She didn't see that prick from Walmart. She saw a father. She saw a loving man that, you know, loved his kids. And she we started we started dating and, and i noticed that i never caught red flags from her man and my kids loved her within a month or two of us being together they're like can we call you mom and they were little man they were three and four five you know Layla was like i believe Layla was seven and can we call you mom and the reason why i got custody of the kids was because i saw that the, their upbringing was pretty much being as similar as my upbringing right so yeah i, I nipped i nipped that shit in the ass and um, so, I, like I said, in 2014, I ended up getting full custody of the kids. And then, um, again, just little by little. Now, I'm no longer walking. I got a bike. I'm no longer on a bike. I got my little car. I'm no longer in my little car. Now I have a car from the Honda dealership to now having my 22 Camry in the driveway. You know, just little by little, just getting everything back. So all these stories that I would tell my uncle damn you know you have stories yeah why don't you share your stories on a podcast a guy in 2007 wanted to write a book about me why not you know like 
why not share my stories? So I share my stories in the podcast. And when I, I felt like I ran out of stories, then that's when I, I decided, wait a minute, other people are going through this as well. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So I started, I started promoting my podcast on TikTok and I started getting uh, 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 guests because I went through friends, friends, family. Like I, I always joke around. I always say, man, I ran out of friends. So I had to go on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, started, I started bringing friends. I started you know, making friends on TikTok, like Marlene is one of them, to come on and, and share their stories. I've had people come on, talk about their drug addiction and how it ruined their marriage, uh-huh. relationship, how it ruined their relationship with this kid and, and, and going to prison. He, this guy actually went to prison, you know, came back. And sadly, this guy I met in jail. My best friend lives out here in Whittier, and I met him in jail, you know? <laughs> so these two guys were bunkies, you know? So my buddy Ernie, like I said, he ended up going to prison and then finally just done. He was done. He's like, I lost my kids already in teenager kids. She's already in a teenage years. I wasn't there for her. I was in and out of prison. And he gave up drugs. Now he's living in vegas with a new wife and a new kid and you know i have another friend of mine that came on talking about you know also you know drinking a lot partying a lot the party life back when he was in his 20s and now that he's in his 40s he has all these medical issues medical medical conditions that are, are killing him you know he realized that he didn't have veins in his legs you know, so that's like I said. That's why I, I say I, I. That's why I say on my podcast, ride with me, because it's like we're going on a ride and we're just kind of having like that carpool karaoke kind of conversation. You know, right? And people, I've been told, "Wow, man! Like your story, your stories. I have more respect for you now than I did yesterday, based on what I've heard." You know. Or wow, your stories have have helped me. Or, or wow, Marlene, my sister called me on when she heard Marlena's episode, the last one, and she's like, "My sister's crying because my sister knows what it's like, what Marlena went through, mm-hmm. you know." And like, like my like my uncle said, it's like you can really help some people. And the reason the reason why it's called the Flat Tire Andes because I listened to a morning show out here in Burbank. And I've been listening to them for over 10 years. And I've been kind of like a part of the show. Uh-huh. And they one day I called that when I first called them up, it was raining pretty bad. And they're like, hey man, if you guys are having car trouble out there, we feel bad for you. You know, give us a call. And when they said that, I ended up getting a flat tire. And uh, so I called it, I know I took over, changed the tire, boom, got on my way. And then they announced it again. If you're having car trouble, give us a call. I'm like, why not? Called them up. Hey, man, when you guys said that, I got a flat tire. What? <laughs> he jinxed you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh, man, Kevin jinxed you. Kevin jinxed you, man. No, I feel, Kevin's like, I'm so sorry, man. I feel bad for you. I feel, I feel bad. I feel like I'm responsible for your tire, Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was such a great environment. It was such a great conversation that, it encouraged me to call them more and more and more, right? Uh-huh. Every time I did call them and I would go on the air, well, oh, by, by the way, this is, you know, the flat tire guy. I would always remind them who I was. 
That's it, bro. Flat tire Andy. Flat tire Andy. Now we have a Naked Juice Erica, Mad Dog Jess, uh, Singing Surge, freaking Wooden Head Ed, Bus Driver <laughs> Eric. All these people now have nicknames because, you know, they started giving us nicknames because for calling the show and what we do for a living or what it is that we, like I said, my conversation was about a flat tire. Uh-huh. Flat tire Andy. So that's why my uncle's like, you kind of already have listeners that know about flat, that know flat tire Andy, but they don't know about flat tire Andy, if that makes right. sense. No, yeah, it does. And then he was like, and I was like, okay. And like I said, I, I share my stories and I, and I have people come on, share their stories. And, and like I said, I, I did a little promo on TikTok and I said, I, I ended it by saying it's good therapy. It's helped me. My wife has told me that the moment I started doing the podcast, my attitude, my, my tantrums have, have calmed down because they told her in therapy, we went, we went to therapy and, uh, the, the therapist told her, you know, after she, he met me and talked to me a couple of sessions, he told her, if you really love this man and you want to marry this man, you need to have a lot of patience because he has a lot of triggers. Triggers. Running late is a trigger. Why? Because my mom was always late. Being out of the house on the weekends is a trigger. Why? because we can never be home. Fast food is a trigger because that's all we ever ate, you know? So the therapist just told her like, if you love this man, you have to have patience because he had, so when I have my meltdowns and a 40 year old man still throwing a tantrum, she's just, okay, I'm gonna wait for him to calm down. Once he's calmed down. Hey, you know what? You're being a little idiot, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I messed up. I, I one day I was, I came out here to the garage, man, and I I was and I was like, leave me alone, just, just leave me alone. And I ended up punching the garage door. I'm trying to scare her away. Nope, she stood right there, and she waited for me to throw my mat, my tantrum, calm down, and then she spoke to me, and then I felt like the idiot, you know. So. Yeah, man. He like that. So we go back to that pot, the podcast. So that's why I I do what I do, man. I I, it's a therapy. It's a therapy session. It's, uh, um. I said it. I, I said on my my trailer was you know I, I I grew up being a shitty individual and one day karma came knocking on the door, you know, and you know it is. I can give you a few examples of karma. My first car, I didn't finish paying it off. Well, that car a few months later was in uh, a few years later was in a wreck. And then it was towed and then I lost it. You know, I had a buddy of mine that would slang me DVDs from the, uh, from the grocery store, uh -huh. half the price, half price, you know, like I wouldn't pay full price. One day I was in jail. My baby's mom's sister decided to sell all my DVDs and I got not one penny for them. <laughs> you know, uh, I, that's, that's, that's karma, you know? So pretty much everything that I ever did someone dirty, came, I lost. I lost it. You know, I lost my, like I said, I lost my car. I lost the DVDs. I lost my apartment. Anything that I did as an individual, as a shitty individual. Yeah, man. Karma came knocking, man. And then, you know, when I was homeless, for example, um, I, 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 I didn't work. I didn't have a, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with my life. You know, I wasn't at the, 
I think I had already had got past the depression. I was I was already away from my baby's mom, and and it was already like, what am I gonna do to to better my life? Okay, mm-hmm. well I'm not working, but I heard that Ventura County has this thing called a homeless court. So can I prove I'm homeless? Yes. Can I prove I don't have a job? Yes. Uh, can I prove whatever other thing they proved? Uh, yes. Okay, Mr. Martinez, how can we help you? Well, I'm homeless. I don't have a job, but I don't have my license. So I can't get a job without my license. And I can't do this without my license. I, I really need my license. They're like, okay, Mr. Martinez. So you're going to have to, and they did the math and everything. I had a couple of parking, t- a couple of tickets. Mr. Martinez, um, go do this many hours of, of community service and we'll put them towards your, your bill. Okay. So I went to, I started working at, uh, I started helping the salvation, the rescue mission, uh, Thrift store. Uh-huh. Fucking at five in the morning, finished by three in the afternoon. And and I would continue doing it. Dude, you can go home. The manager's like, you can go home. I know, but I haven't worked in like two years, bro. I, I, I'm loving this right now, man. So, but we're not even paying you. This is when my mentality changed, bro. I'm like, oh yeah, you are. I'm getting 10 bucks an hour. Yeah. It's, it's going towards my ticket. I'm getting paid. Oh, all right. You know. The, the 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 Andy from, you know, before 2010 would have been like, you're right. I'm not getting paid after you, you know? Right. <laughs> no. Andy from 2010 and up was like, no, I am getting paid. So after I finished my community service, I went back to court and the judge was like, and this is where good karma came in. The judge is like, Mr. Martinez, we're reviewing your case. And we've noticed that you work 80 hours more than you were supposed to. I know. I I just, I enjoyed it. I wasn't working. I didn't really have a job. So I, I enjoyed it. They actually, the only reason why it's only 80 hours was because they kicked me out. <laughs> they told me I had to leave. They had to make room for other people that needed it. Mr. Martinez, because of people like you is the reason why we have programs like this open. So not only did it cover tickets that I had, I had a third ticket that wasn't going to be covered dude she's the judge she can do whatever she wants yeah she cleared all three tickets and she wiped them from my record oh that's what's up that was nice she wiped them from my record man and like i said i i it felt so good man just to like i said i was working man i was making nine ten bucks an hour by you know paying off my tickets and and then Ever since then, man, it just, everything just, like I said, just started falling into place. And like I said, my wife, my wife, not only is she helping me raise my boys, she's raising me too, bro, because she's molding me. She is molding me into the person that I need to be. You know, yeah, I have my meltdowns, but she's also has, you know, no, you know, you don't, you don't do that. You know, that's not what you do, you know. And do y'all have any kids together? We don't. Um. That's a different story, but I'm not gonna give you, I'm not gonna give the medical uh, her medical reasons on here. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. Uh, no, I'm just uh, making a joke. Um, but no, we don't. Um, but she she it's like these are her kids, bro. That there's they they're they're in the store together, and and it's like you know people come up to them is like, oh man, Mijo, you look just like your mom. They're not even related, you know. And but no, man, she she my wife felt from heaven bro and she landed on my lap 
And yeah, we, we pick her here and there, but she really truly is a good individual, man. And she is, I mean, like I said, bro, she molded me into the person that I needed to be. And, and, and I'm a better person because of her, you know, I barely discovered who I was in 2010. By then I was already pushing 30, you know, I've only been, I've only been an adult for the past 13 years, bro. You know, and I'm 40 and I've only been an adult for 13 years. You know, I, um, I, like I said, man, I, I, I've been through hell and back and, you know, there's nothing that someone can do that can, can really piss me off. You know, I, I, I make a joke because, you know, the Cowboys are doing horrible. They, they didn't, they lost to the 49ers. And, hey man, aren't you pissed? Cowboys are doing horrible. I'm like, first of all, I've been, ex- I've been dealing with the Cowboys for the past 27 years. You know, right. What's one more year? Right. Plus, my baby's mom put me through worse. That this is nothing. You know, I can drive out and somebody come up to me and just clock me in the face for no reason. My mentality is I've been through worse. You know, now, have you thought about seeking um, like therapy? Well, I did have therapy. That's I, I did. I did go to therapy. So back in. So back in 2013, I'm going to say August to October, October of 2013. So August of 2013, this company hired me Uh and my paychecks doubled, you know, my paychecks doubled and my wife, like, you know, I'm in, uh, she's seen that the struggles that I'm going through with my kids, I'm only seeing them on the weekends, Uh you know, because before it was Walmart after work, I pick up my kids, you know? Yeah, I have them for like three hours a day, but now I'm working for a company that has crazy hours, you know. Yeah. So my schedule changes with the court custody, and now I only have them on the weekends. So my wife would see, you know, her husband happy on Friday, heaven on Saturday, sad on Sunday, killing myself and I'm in pain hurting because by Wednesday, cause I didn't have my kids, Yeah, you know, then one, one day, my son, he was again, three years old, three, four years old. No, by then he was probably five, kindergarten five. And, and I go pick him up and he, he comes, we're both in tears. We're both crying, dude. And my son, my wife's like, what's wrong? What happened? What's going on? And both of us are crying, bro. I'm holding my son in my arms and we're crying. So what's wrong? And my son said, my mom doesn't love me. You have somebody who grew up his whole life saying the same thing about his own mother. Yeah. Now you have your son saying the same thing. Flashbacks, bro. Yeah. I took the kids home that weekend and my wife said, bullshit, Andy. Excuse if I cussed. BS, man. Are you we, need to get, we need to get full custody of these kids and we need to do it now. So, you know, she looked up some lawyers in Ventura and she found the one man and uh, the lady. So I, I typed up my, my statement and I emailed her, okay, your appointment is this day. And this is when my wife started molding me. Right. She goes, you need a tie. You're not going to go dress like that. You need a Andy, you need a tie. What? Yeah. I'm wearing no monkey. You're not wearing no monkey suit. What are you talking about? I need a tie. 
Oh, bro, I love wearing those monkey suits on Sundays for church, all right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know I, I'm okay. All right, I'll get a monkey suit and shirt, tie, everything. I, I'm on YouTube. How do you do a tie? Bro, <laughs> I'm pushing 40, man. I don't even know how to. Yeah. Oh, no shit, I got it. You know? I go and I go and I meet the I go and meet this lawyer and uh, and my lawyer is like, so what what is it that I, did I read your email wrong? I think I read your email wrong. Your baby's mom married who? Well, she married my brother. So pretty much in 20, 2007, 2008, 2009, they're still kind of like you know messing around, right? Yeah. In 2013, they bump into each other and they get married again. They get married. Now they're married is she married the most violent and alcoholic of all of us uh-uh i don't want this around my kids so you know, go to the lawyer and she's like wait a minute I, I think i misread your email she married who my well my my brother no what do you mean she married your brother my well that's exactly what i said ma'am she married my brother right. he's very he's alcoholic he's into drugs and he's very violent he's a very violent individual why what who else would know her husband and brother you know so the judge so I'm, I'm talking to the lawyer and i and i and i'm telling her my upbringing and and she tells me you need therapy if you want to convince the judge that you are a, a, a you've gotten better better talking about you need therapy and then okay my wife's like Dude, I've been telling you for two years. <laughs> and my wife did. My wife for two years, a year and a half, she's telling me, get therapy, get therapy, get therapy. I'm like, therapy, therapy. You're on, no way. My lawyer tells me, and I said, okay. You know, Tom Prince was the man. Asked, we couldn't think of his name yesterday. That's why he came out of nowhere. Um, I go see this therapist, and um, it was just me, just me. And then, and then he brought my wife into the mix. And that's when it, it's like, so now it's my therapy, her therapy slash marriage counseling kind of right. a thing, you know? Uh -huh. And, and so I did, I did go to therapy and, and, and marriage counseling kind of a thing where my wife, um, what, what she got to learn what my triggers were as well. Uh -huh. And the reason why I feel counseling does help was because not only did he help, help me understand my triggers, he, he, you know, he thought my wife, you know, my wife learned something. So now, uh, why do, why does therapy work? Because now I can I catch myself. I catch myself on certain things. So like I said earlier, I hate running late because we were always late. Uh -huh. So you know, if my wife says we have to be at so and so's house by five o'clock, okay, well it's five four forty five. We haven't left the house. You know, I'll start like, come on, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. I'll start losing my shit. Right. And then so how did I fix that? time we have to be at so-and-so's house at what time uh, no what time do we we're going to so-and-so's house but you know you just let me know when you're ready to go and i'll go sit so if there's no time frame i don't feel rushed and i won't lose my shit you know yeah um there's another one like uh what, what's another one that kind of drives me crazy my okay so the simple ones are kind of like I can I can brush off, right? My, I'm gonna use Super Bowl for example. I felt like 
an individual was making me feel stupid and I lost my shit. And my brother-in-law who's on my podcast a lot, um, he told me, he's like, he, he called me one day, hey man, you know that you wrote a line that day, right? I'm like, well, you weren't there when he made me feel stupid. You know, he was criticizing me and I, I, felt, I felt stupid. That's one of the triggers that I can't get rid of because my mom made me feel stupid my whole life. You know, uh -huh. ah, you're only going to school for your friends. You're only going to school for your friends. And, 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 and I would bring good grades and that didn't mean shit to her. So I always felt stupid, right? So that is one of the triggers that I can't easily get rid of. It's, 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 it's more of a, that was more of a work in progress. Like I said, running late, I can control, um, you know, sit, you know, stuff around the house, you know, a, a messy living room that, that can get controlled. That's not a problem, but like a mental one, that one is a little bit harder. Or the other one that I hate is the, that I can't get rid of is when you accuse me of something that I did when I didn't do it, you know, my mom yeah. always accused, and this is why. My mom and I don't have a relationship. I just recently cut her off. I last August I told her if I am the cause of your stress, there's no need to have me. Around. There's no need for us to speak. You know, 20 years ago, you know, I I, I was in the heat of in the heat of a moment. I told her I'm going to cause CPS on you. So ever since I made that comment, ever since after that, anything that ever happened in her life that was negative was Andy's fault. Andy's fault. Andy's fault. So it was recently brought up to my attention that I was using my podcast. Uh, only to badmouth people. I was like, uh, and I use I use actually you as an example. I'm like, if I use my podcast to only badmouth people, why was I just asked to be on someone else's podcast? That's not the purpose of my podcast, right? So, yeah. So therapy helped me where I can you know control them. There's like I said, it's just the ones that are a little bit more 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 to heart that are hard to get rid of. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. I believe that therapy works, and that's the reason why I said on the the purpose of the podcast is a good therapy session because, again, let's use Marlena. Marlena started crying, man, and I and I felt so bad because I was like, you know, I felt like uh, Will Ferrell and Todd Digger Nights. Um, what what do I do with my hands? You know, <laughs> because I, I couldn't I couldn't give her a hug, man. I felt so bad. Right. And I and I'm like, I don't even give a damn about dead air right now. Let let it be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I felt so bad, bro. You know, she started crying. And But she, if you heard the episode, she thanked me, man. She thanked me for what I do because it it, it is a good therapy session. And, and people get off their chest. Like I said, my brother opened up about something that I would never even dream of, man. Like, I warned my mom. This is another thing that, 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 that kind of upset me about my mom. I warned her, man. I warned her that this individual tried to molest me, man, when I was 15 years old. And I told her, hey, this guy's not a good apple, man. She didn't, she got mad at me for going off on the guy. A few years later, he he molested my brother, dude, for like two two weeks. You know? So, yeah, that relationship is probably never going to get patched up, man. So he came on the podcast, and we were talking, man. We were venting about stuff, and he opened up, man, again. Because it's a good therapy session. He opened yeah. up, and I, 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 I'm on TikTok live editing that podcast episode, and I'm crying, bro, because I wasn't there for my brother to defend him, to protect him. You know, you know, my sister hears that podcast episode, and she's like, "Well, what happened to me was worse. Oh, what's worse than being molested, raped for two years? Oh my god!" So, I felt bad, man. I, I, I recorded a podcast episode, you know kicking myself in the ass because 
I wasn't there to protect them anymore. I left the, I left the nest. I was their mom. I was their dad. I was their brother. And I left the nest, man. You know? And so my mom hates me for them, you know, opening up, opening up and saying what they said. But how is that my fault? They it's used not. My, they used my podcast as a therapy session and they opened up. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the, because that's what helped me out. That's why I brought it up in the first place, because all the stuff that I, because I, like I told you, I've been through, you know, a similar story to where I was home. I lost my youngest son to uh, SIDS and came, I lost him while I was at work. So I didn't get a chance to even say goodbye to him. Well, I said, well, I did feed him that morning. But then, you know, after that, my wife at the time, she and I got divorced. And so I, and then I was homeless for two years. So for me, what helped me overcome all of it, because I never got a chance to grieve, was a therapist. And I still see the same person to this day. Because I think everybody, right. I, I always advocate for it. I started a session on my podcast called On the Couch because while I was going through, while I was had overcome it, but I found the kids of today are still, they're going through a lot of stuff, especially during the pandemic. So I started my little On the Couch session to bring therapists on to talk to them, to help counsel them through some of their issues. Because I think a lot of us are suffering from a lot of uh, trauma that we never got over. And the only way we can really, you know, bring it out, we have to talk to somebody. We can't talk to a family member. We can't talk to a close friend, none of our homies. We got to go talk to somebody that's unbiased, that's going to listen to us, and that's going to help guide us through it. I have a buddy of mine that uh, I, I love this guy. I met him in 2006. I met him in jail. And I and he's my best friend, man. And he we talk on the phone every day, bro. And there's days that we, we'll have heart-to-heart conversations where I'm like, dude, Where's this guy on the podcast, man? When I have you on the podcast, you get all shy and embarrassed and don't even say anything. This is what I'm going to do. One day, I'm going to be off the clock. I'm not even going to go to work, man. You're going to call me, and my stuff's going to be set up to the phone, and you won't even know that I'm recording a podcast. Dude. <laughs> and uh, and uh, But no, man, I, I, I felt I, – I don't know, man. I don't know if I have that face because all I, all I ask is, how was your day? How are you doing? Yeah, and they'll start venting like there's no tomorrow, bro. And I, like this lady, uh, I, who I hardly ever spoke to, and I, I was, I've seen her for the past four years at at, a, at an account. One day I said, "Hey, cómo estás? How you doing?" Bro, she told me how she had cancer, and every, I was like, "Oh, she lost her friendships and stuff." I'm like, I just said, "How you doing?" You know, she has that. I, I guess I have that face, man. That you, know, you that got a good heart. Yeah, people. They do it to me know. too. They have, you have a good heart. Yeah. Some so stuff happened around my son. My son's witness it when somebody was coming talking to me, telling me their life story. I'm just like, I'm like you. I'm like, I just said, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> how are things going? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, 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 I like I said, man, I, I've been through hell and back, and and there's nothing that can. I, I, I do. I know I get up. I can't say I don't get upset. I, I do get upset. I still get yeah. upset at certain things. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still human. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I, I do feel that I'm, I'm a much better man than I was in my twenties. And that's sometimes when I'm, when I'm arguing with somebody and it's like, like, you know, you know, give me, give credit where credit is due, you know? Right. You know, again, the last conversation I have with my mom is like, Hey man, if I am, the cause of your stress and you won't let go of something that I did 20 years ago. You do it for, yeah. Deuces, you know, I, 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 people are like, you know, I, I, I always get told, but you only have one mom. So I use this as an, as an example a couple of days ago, actually with, um, 
with an individual that was venting to me about his 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 uh his baby mama, his wife, uh-huh. and he and he said uh he said he she shouldn't be around her mom. Her mom is toxic and this and that and blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, let me stop you there, bro. Let me stop you there, because you continue to tell me that I only have one mom. Why doesn't that rule apply to her? Well, because right. she's this, the mom is this and the mom is that and la 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 la. You're pretty much explaining my. You're you're pretty much describing my mom, bro. The only difference is my mom's not an alcoholic. So, do you still believe that I only have one mom? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yep. I got it. Okay. I, I okay. I'm like, you can't say to one person, you got to cut your mom off, but yet tell me that I only have one mom. No, bro. Right. Same same rule applies. You know. And I, I just, like I said, man, I, I, I've been through hell and back. And, and, and I mean, when I have friends that say, Hey, you know, they'll, they'll just tell me, hey, man, I, I'm short a hundred bucks and here you go. I want to help. You know, I want to help. My wife actually kind of cut that off and she said, you need to use boundaries, boundaries, Andy, you need to can't yeah. be using your money. You got to find a way to help them in another way. Right. Right there. Right <laughs> well, I want to thank you again, man, for coming on and telling your story and for doing what you're doing. I know a lot of people, a lot of people feel closed. They don't want to tell anybody about the stuff that's happening in their life because they feel like they'd be embarrassed about it. But I'm like, if you do that, you're not being a blessing to other people because you over you were able to overcome it and you might be a blessing to help them to see something in you to inspire them to overcome the same situation. And again, man, like 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 my like my uncle said, it's like you have a lot of stories that can probably help people and and like I said, I've, I've had multiple people from TikTok, from, from Kalamazoo, Michigan, from Texas, from Virginia, from South Carolina, from California. I've had multiple people, you know, come on on the podcast and share their stories. And, and at the end, like I said, I'm going to use my lawyer's quote. The day that I got full custody of my kids and I started crying, uh-huh. she hugged me. She told me, this is what I do, what I do. The episode where Marlena started crying, this is why I do what I do. This is why I do what I do. She got something off her chest that maybe she talked about in the past. Yeah. But she never really talked about. Never released it. Right. And she released it. And and like my buddy Roger, I love this guy. I'm telling you, this guy I met in jail. And he's he's my daughter's Nino, bro. He he, he met my daughter. He's like, I'm baptizing her. And he did. He's my daughter's Nino. Um, when we first started the podcast, he thought it was going to go in a different direction. And I'm like, nah. So he was like, what are you, Joe Dirt? And he kind of mocked it. So I, I cut him off. You know, he was like, you know, didn't talk to me for a little while. He was annoyed. He was mad. And like, this is not for fame and popularity, bro. This is for therapy sessions. Yeah. And um, two years later, he came around and he's like, I see what you're doing, man. I get it now. So, hey, man. To your listeners, Tell how they anyone, can find you. Uh, how they can find your podcast? Um, so it's called the the Flat Tire Andy's Ride with Me podcast, and like I said, it's kind of like the carpool karaoke. We're riding together and having a conversation. Uh, they can find it on on Spotify, Apple, um, iHeartRadio, um, uh, Podbean. You know, I I don't know if it's on 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 Pandora, uh, but I know it's on like um. Cast box and but the main ones are obviously Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
and I put it, I put it on YouTube. I don't film my podcast. Uh-huh. This is the first time a podcaster is going to see my face uh, or <laughs> listeners. I'm like, damn, this guy's kind of ugly. And, <laughs> now you can uh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, you know, um, mainly, mainly on, uh, like, like I said, I promote it on my, on my, YouTube, on my TikTok page. And, uh, and like I say, man, anyone's welcome, dude. Anyone's welcome to, to come on and share their stories. And because you never know one of your stories is, can be, can help someone. You may not think it is, but it will. And here's the, here's the funny thing for all of you out there listening. I don't even get paid. I have not made one penny on my podcast. I've spent over a thousand dollars on equipment, Yep. you know, and I, and I'm not getting paid because the purpose is not about making money. The purpose is to share awareness, therapy, Therapy, do I believe in therapy 100%? Because I think if it wasn't for therapy, my wife wouldn't have tolerated my shit and she would have been deuces. Yep. Thank you again, man. I really appreciate that. Like I said, I, I love the story, kind of similar to mine. I'm, I'm glad to see somebody else was able to overcome it and we didn't check out like people thought we, we should have. Nine so, out of 10 people would have jumped in front of that train. You, know? you want to leave everybody with a, a final thought, something positive, because you've been giving them, you've been giving uh, <laughs> thoughts all night. <laughs> uh, thought, you know, the one that I use all the time is for new parents. Okay, like I said, bro, the last time I went to jail, I missed my kids so much that I said never again. You know, my kids saved my life; they truly did. And, and they know it. They know it. So if, you, if you're going through a hard time and, and, and you feel like jumping in front of the train, look at your kids, man. Do you not love them enough to do what you're about to do? Because they love you, bro. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many adults in your life you have. Their, their love don't mean crap. Once I had my kids, bro, and I'm no offense, but once I had my kids, I didn't need my baby's mom's love anymore. Right. Because my, my love for the kids was stronger, way stronger than it was for her. Right. And my kids saved my life, man. So they, you have little ones out there, little, little mini versions of you that effing love you like there's no tomorrow. I'm gonna piggyback off of that because like, even if you don't have kids around you, you have somebody that does that does love you. Even if you don't know that, people are in need of you and they want you, whether you realize that or not. So, I always say there's more reason for you to be here than to not be here. So make sure that you know you do see a therapist if you are ever are thinking about that. I wish I knew all the numbers for all the states that you can call as far as the suicide hotlines and stuff go, but always. Um, like I always say, you take your three L's every day. You live for today. You laugh for the things that are out of your control. And then you um, live, love, laugh. <laughs> and then love, lead in love with your heart. Because I'm like, you know, you can't control things that you can't control. So I see you have to laugh about those and, you know, live for today because tomorrow's not promised. So have fun today and love life. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
So thank you all for tuning in again. This is uh, Matrix. You can find me on all podcast streaming platforms, same as uh, Flat Tire Andy's. <laughs> I am every, literally everywhere and on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, you can find me on TikTok. Just him, you can find me on TikTok. So I'm under Escaping the Matrix on TikTok. So all of my episodes, you always can find them on my website on ptgtv.online. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for all my listeners. And I will keep y'all informed on the next in-person show. They don't hit me, they don't, they don't, they don't hit me though Cycles going around and around